Morning, all. I just want to start off by saying I am really, really thankful that the Lord has placed us in a multicultural church. Um, for us, uh, whiteies, um, we have so much to learn. So much to learn. And just even this morning, just such a privilege. Uh, I'm only speaking on behalf of myself, but I love that we can all, from you know, all our backgrounds, all our history, we can just come together. So thankful for uh, Pastor Kofi. <laughs> just, uh, yeah, and his family. Manuela, that's Paula's old college. So you're going to a good place. Okay, we are going to uh, continue our series. Yeah, I just, just this thought, um, and we'll come back to it a little later. Who is leading your life? I've got the power now. Awesome. Um, we're going to continue our series looking at the five-fold ministry, the five gifts that are explained in Ephesians 4. And today we're going to be, just be... Uh, Focusing, oh, it does work. I just need to be a bit, uh, bit slower. We're going to focus on these two. Is that okay? Um, fascinating this morning uh, that we had Pastor Kofi, yeah, <laughs> and we had Pastor Tony. You know, who hasn't Tony grown so much? Yeah. Seen a real growth in Tony. Um, I'm not talking food. Roger? I'm not talking, I'm not talking food as I put my glasses on. Um, did you see that Tony this morning even handed the microphone to people? What's, what's that about? It's a growth, Tony. Anyway, let's move on. We are looking at Ephesians 4, incredible passage. Ephesians is that just wonderful work. Just If you're looking for a, a book just to immerse yourself in, the first three chapters are just pointing upwards at the awesomeness of who God is. The, the majestic Lord who's created all. And there's this wonderful expression of Paul just as he, as he pours out his blessing on who the Lord is, and then chapter 4, 5, and 6 sort of turn it to the church of how we're going to respond to what the Lord has done. And in chapter 4, right at the beginning, he talks about this is our role, where we play our role in God's kingdom, where you and I get to play our role. Verse 7, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Messiah apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people what does he ascended mean except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. So Messiah gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature 
attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of God. So he's talked about the greatness of God. And then Paul turns it in and says, and, and Christ gave these gifts to all. Yeah? Each one of us. And how do they come? They come by grace. Yeah? Anybody good enough to earn these gifts? All by grace. All by grace. Each one of us has been given a portion as he determines. So we've all got different levels of gifting. And there's different levels of of how we operate. But it's the whole body. Yeah? No one's sort of up on the platform, he said, standing up on the platform. This is, you know, it's a body that we all get to use our gifts to serve one another as he chooses, yeah? As the Messiah chooses how he's going to apportion grace. Grace is God's working within us to accomplish what he wants to do, what we can't do on our own. So we all need grace, yeah? Grace is not just for salvation, Every day, we need grace upon grace upon grace. And the more you're pressing into the kingdom, the more you need his grace. Why we gather together to focus on him, his grace is poured out because we need his grace to live for him, right? As he apportioned, and then there's this passage, he's quoting one of the Psalms saying, essentially it says, all from him. Is what that sort of section is. And Messiah gave, and then he lists these five gifts. We've looked at uh, the first three. We'll come back to that in a moment. And then we're going to look at pastors and teachers to finish off today. And what are the gifts for? To equip his people for works of service. The gifts are never for ourselves. Yeah, we've all been around Christians that you know want to show off their gifts, want to want to use their gifts to impress. But the whole point of gifts is for the other person. That's why he gives us gifts to bless others. So never be sort of, oh, I don't know if I want that gift, or I don't know if I should press into that gift. Of course you should, because it's for the benefit of others, for the building up, for the equipping, and the greater. Um, grace that he's apportioned just basically means you get to equip more people. You get to, um, you get to build up more people. You get to bring more people to maturity. That's the whole point of his grace being poured out for works of service. Yeah? You are God's poem. Read Ephesians 2.10. You are God's poem. He's given each one of you a work of service. Did you know that? Do you know what it is? Do you know what he's given you to give? A work of service. And it's these gifts that were built up, were strengthened, and then become, like Tony, mature in the faith. What I'm also amazed at is not only am I so thankful that this is a... Uh, a multicultural church, a family of people from all different parts of the world. What I'm also thankful for is the Lord has placed within our midst some incredible pastors, some incredible loving people. It's what attracted us first when we, when we first came here over a year ago now, just to see the love and the welcome. Yeah? Anybody else receive that? Anybody else recognize what a warm and welcoming place this is? If you haven't, I'm going to say it's your job to be welcoming. Yeah? It's how it works. 
that we get to serve in this. And that's where we need to keep growing, growing in our love, growing in our welcoming, growing in our kindness to one another. Because there's nothing worse than a sick church in a dying world. True? So as we grow, as we get healed up, it's for the benefit of the world. The gifts are for us to be a blessing to others. This body will be a blessing to those that are walking past here, those that are neighbors, those that are in your workplace. So it's all our responsibility to press into Jesus, to receive the healing that he has for us so that we aren't a sixth church in a dying world. So we've looked at these three so far. Can anybody remember what are the sort of signs of an apostle? Just shout it out. But remember, I'm deaf. So, signs of an apostle? Who was here for that sermon? Absolutely nobody remembers that. Yeah, fantastic. All Yelena. Yelena's. You weren't here. Fantastic. Well, this is really encouraging. It's good to be built up because I preached that one. Okay. Um, evangelist. Can anybody remember signs of an evangelist? Shout it. Teaching. No, that's next. Evangelist? I'm going to move on. Hmm? No, that's more disciple. Yeah. Spread the gospel, evangelist, good man. To be a good news person, a good newser. Someone with good news has got good news to share. Yeah, essentially what the testimonies are, but you know, exactly what the church family were doing out in South Africa, just being good news, being huggers for the kingdom. Not sure that's my calling, but. Prophet, apostle, yes. It, it, well, thank you so much. <laughs> so glad you're here. Yeah. The essence of what is a church planter. But then, of course, there are apostolic businesses. You know, somebody that sees opportunities, that hears from the Lord and puts into place structures, that puts into place, you know, leadership. That, that would be more of an apostle. Yeah? And throughout Scripture, there's numerous apostles, Paul being the, probably the most prolific, whose passion, as he talks about in Romans, is to go where the gospel has not been heard to start new churches. Let's move on. Pastor. That's what we're going to look at today. Fascinating um, that the word pastor is used 17 times in the New Testament. And there is no one in the New Testament that's actually called pastor. And yet the word's used all the time today. So quickly, with the people next to you, what is a pastor? Let's start that again. With the person next to you, what's a pastor? Yep. If you're not with someone, move, move closer to someone. Yep. This is a chance for you to speak. Okay, so what, 
what might a pastor be? <laughs> She's ignoring me now. What might a pastor be? What? Teacher? No, that's next. Keep going there. You'll get it right in a minute. A shepherd. Thank you so much. Vivian, thank you so much. A shepherd. Yeah? A shepherd. The Lord is my? Yeah? It's essentially what it means. And what does a shepherd do? Takes care of the flock. What, what, what else? I mean, obviously Psalm 23 is the most obvious. You could almost go through that psalm to see what a shepherd does. Yeah? Leads. Yes. Where does he lead? Yeah. Where there's, where there's green pasture. Yeah. Where there's still water. You know, water is essentially so you can rest and drink and have your soul refreshed. Yeah. Leads along. Sorry. Defends. Absolutely. Oh, tens. I did say I was deaf. Yeah. Tends to the sheep, looks after the sheep, leads along right paths. For his name's sake, thank you. Yeah. So the pastor. Yeah. This place, this passage, is the only place in the New Testament where it's actually translated. Doesn't go backwards. Um, is the only place it's translated pastor. Everywhere else it's translated shepherd. We're getting to grips with this. Or not. So the 16 times, yeah, it's shepherd, shepherd, shepherd. Jesus is your shepherd. And I just want to encourage you, go read Psalm 23 again, but read Ezekiel 34 as well, of where exactly Jesus is talking about how he is God on earth as his shepherd of the people. The good shepherd. And here's another thing. And I thought it was really fascinating what you said today. Shepherds are there for valley ministries. In the valley. The shepherd is with you in the valley. And it's often how you work out who are the shepherds. Who's with you in the lowest point? The shepherds will come alongside. It's a valley ministry. The shepherds are there. You can often tell people's gifting by the way they pray. How they pray reveals what's on their heart and reveals how they minister. Yeah, there was a pastor praying this morning as we have early morning prayers. Please join us um, at quarter to nine, quarter to ten. Quarter to ten on a Sunday we pray just for half an hour before the service out in the cavern. You're all welcome. Um, if, it, if you do all come, we'll meet in here, not out there. Um, but there was somebody praying this morning for, for a person who was on their heart. That was a pastor pouring out his heart. And then the other people praying for the, the kingdom to break out all over the planet. And there was, you know, all of this stuff. You can tell by people's prayers what's on their heart. Your workplace needs pastors. You're needed where you are to use that gifting. Pastor, teacher. In the Greek, it's not clear whether it's pastor and teacher or whether they're two separate. I think they are, but it's not clear. So 
you'll often hear pastor-teacher put together, and it's often that pastors do teach and teachers do pastor. And all of these gifts are sort of interchangeable, but we have, God gives them individual. So this is really simple. Turn to the person next to you. What is a teacher and what's the definition of a teacher? Okay, very quickly, just turn to the person next to you. Teacher, how would you describe the gift of teaching? I just ask, have we got any teachers or educators in the room? Yep. You weren't really sort of confident about that. It was sort of a, don't want, don't want to admit. Fantastic. Okay. So, shout it out. What's, what's, what would be your definition of a teacher? Instructs people, yep. Awesome. Give that man a Mars bar. Yeah. Yeah, click on. Yeah. To the defi- My de- this is a definition I came up with this morning. But I think that one's better. <laughs> Bringing about a change through scripture. Yeah? You'll know if you're a teacher because you're one of those annoying people that as you're listening to a sermon, you're going, oh, I'm not sure that's right. Oh, I'll go and check that up. Or you're often on your phone Google checking or you're going through scriptures going, oh, why didn't he use that scripture? Or why didn't he? It's the heart of a teacher is this thing of truth, this, this burden of accuracy often. Yeah, it's often us teachers that are quite critical. Yeah, but you're just constantly going, how do we communicate this better? How do we get the word of God into our lives? And as we talked about a couple of weeks ago, only through the Holy Spirit. Only through the Holy Spirit. This is what is needed. It's the teachers that take us from milk to meat. Yeah, it's the teachers that we need around us. And we're all meant to be reading scripture. We're all meant to have scripture living within us, but we need the teaching gift to help us go deeper, to help us move on into maturity and to bring others with us. I want to go back to that question I had right at the beginning. Who is leading your life? Because as I was preparing this, I just had this sort of this sense that it was sort of a recommissioning time, and it could only just been for me, which is one of the dangers when you get to, to preach or teach, is that often what you share is usually for you. But I'm just going to include you in that, okay? Who's leading your life? The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. 
He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do we know the master's voice? I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Next one. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 13. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, to equip you with everything good for doing his will. Who wants to do his will? And may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom glory, to whom be glory forever and ever and ever. These passages over and over again, as I said, 16 other times, talk about Jesus the shepherd. So what does that make us? Who went, ah? Who went, ah? Yeah. Who went, yum, yum? Yeah? Who loves a good lamb kebab? Yeah? You know, a good bit of murdered lamb. Lovely. Ever thought about being a sheep? What do we know about sheep? What do we know about sheep? Very docile. Okay? They eat grass. That was deep, yeah. Theologically deep. Okay, next one. The difference between a sheep and a goat is a goat won't run off a cliff if you're called. A sheep will. Sheep aren't that bright. How do you feel about being called a sheep? Happy with that analogy? <laughs> Happy with it? If he's the shepherd, we're the sheep. Don't we need a good shepherd? Don't we need a great shepherd? Don't we need the chief shepherd? That's his welcome to us. That's his invitation. Again, is for us to go, we need you to shepherd us. This is your church. We are your people. We are your flock. You are king. Lead us. You're in charge. You lead us. Teach us to hear your word. Teach us to hear from you and be obedient. Yeah. He is the good shepherd. The great shepherd. So when he invites to, be, to lead you, he's talking about your finances. He's talking about your time. He's talking about all my ethical choices. He's talking about our morality, our friendships. He'll lead every single one of those areas if we just surrender them to him. 
And I felt this, this, just this week as I was just praying for us, is it's time to surrender again and say, you're our shepherd. I'm just a sheep. Would you lead me? Whatever's next, we don't know what the Lord has to plan for tomorrow. We're told not to worry about it because today has enough troubles of its own, right? So we're not to worry about tomorrow, but he plans and purposes for his goodwill. Let's stand together. If we can, if we're able, and if we're willing. And I just felt that we should just finish this morning. Just again, this. Whatever it means to you, however you respond in one sense to this sort of challenge or this invitation, is just to come and surrender again to King Jesus. So we're just going to take a moment. I'm going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And maybe you just want to go back through some of those exercises, your time, your work, your future, your education, your A-level results, whether they were great or not great. What you're going to be doing this afternoon, what you're going to be doing tomorrow, is we just surrender. Is Jesus the shepherd of your life. If he's not, and you want him to be, ask him right now, Jesus, would you be the shepherd of my life? He doesn't care about your past. He doesn't care where we've been or what we've done. His mercies are new every morning. So Holy Spirit, come. We welcome you. And if it's on your heart, just tell him, I surrender to you. As we surrender, just see the Lord, and I was just confirmed earlier, the Lord is just lifting off burdens that we're not meant to be carrying. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Holy Spirit, would you come? Just lift off right now. Lift off burdens that we're not meant to be carrying. Lift off tiredness. Lift off where we've just put pressure upon ourselves. You're the shepherd. Come, Lord. More of you. More of you. More of you. Lift off, Lord. Lift off. Lord, where there's been lingering sickness, Holy Spirit, right now, just come. Just come. Complete healing. Where there's been fatigue, we command you, fatigue, to leave now in Jesus' name. Long COVID, be gone. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Father, we do thank you for your grace upon grace upon grace. Lord, we thank you for all that you're doing and all that you're going to do. For we come before you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, guys. We're going to finish now. If you would like prayer, if you feel that there's unfinished business, just want to just come.
We'd love to pray with you. We'd love to spend time. But otherwise, be blessed. Please take your kids if you brought them. And uh, we'll see you again real soon. Please check out the website if you don't know how to do that. Want to talk about prayer? Come and see me. Thank you. Bless you.